All right, how's everybody doing? Hotep, hey, this is Michael M. Hotep, founder of the African History Network, host of the African History Network show. I'm a talk show host, researcher, lecturer, and writer. It is Thursday, September 26, 2019, and we have a very, very busy news day. I was already um, scheduled to broadcast this morning. I was up uh, later last night than I had wanted to be. It's pulling together my notes, reading through articles, dealing with uh, uh, Trump's impeachment, dealing with um, the uh, whistleblower uh, complaint, um, reading through the memo of the uh, call between the July 25th call between Donald Trump and the Ukrainian president, uh, Zelensky. Um, and then also we see this morning that the whistleblower complaint was released as well. So this is a very, very busy news day. So what I'm going to do, uh, first of all, everybody share this broadcast on your Facebook page, invite your friends to tune in, okay? Because we're gonna deal with a lot of information here in a short amount of time. Uh, I'm going to cover the information that I was already planning to cover. We'll talk some about the whistleblower complaint as well. Uh, I'll show some articles with you and some of the content of the whistleblower complaint is uh, now the call between Trump and Zelensky, which took place on July 25th, 2019. That call uh, took place the day after Robert Mueller testified uh, in front of Congress as well. OK, after the release of the Mueller report in uh, in uh, May of 2019. All right. So. um I'm going to get into that information and then we'll cover uh, some of the information about the whistleblower and I'll do some subsequent uh, broadcasts as needed. All right. Um, I'll be in, let's see, September 27th through the 29th, I will be in Houston, Texas for the All Black National Convention, the All Black National Convention that Dr. Boyce Watkins is doing. So visit allblacknationalconvention.com. Uh, for more information, allblacknationalconvention.com for more information also. Okay. All right, here, let me, um, I'm waiting for this to come up. I need to share this um, broadcast also. All right, uh, I did a broadcast on the 24th, dealing with some of this information and dealing with um, um, Nancy Pelosi announcing formal uh, a formal impeachment inquiry into Donald Trump and also uh, dealt with some background information on what uh, impeachment means, things like that. Okay, so go watch that broadcast. Be sure to follow us uh, here on Facebook at the African History Network and on uh, my YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P, on, uh, on YouTube. Okay, so a lot has developed. Uh, this uh, story is moving very quickly. We see that we are now at 218 uh members of the House of Representatives that support at least an impeachment inquiry uh, into Donald Trump on Sunday. So on Sunday, it was a hundred and about 134 members of the House of Representatives supported that on Sunday. Okay. By uh, between 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Wednesday, September 25th, it had ballooned to 218. All right. 218 is the magic number. Okay, how's everybody doing here? 218 is the magic number because it takes uh, 218 votes in the U.S. House of Representatives to get any bill passed and to 
formally in impeach a president based upon articles of impeachment. Okay, it takes 218 votes. There are 435 members of the uh, U.S. House of Representatives, so 218 is a uh, majority. All right. So let's get into uh, some of this information here. How's everybody doing? We have Tina, Rod. Uh, who else we have here? Um, Steve, just a few of the people uh, watching us here on our Facebook fan page, the African History Network. And then also African-American business owners, post the name of your business here on the thread of the broadcast. We'll let you know how you can advertise with the African History Network. All right. Let's go to the article from NBCNews.com from uh, September 25th, 2019. Right. And um, I, I originally wanted to broadcast on Wednesday, September 25th, but I was so busy and I'm trying to head out of town. So wasn't able to do that. Uh, Trump asked Ukraine leader to look into why investigation of Biden's son ended. Text of call shows Trump asked Ukraine leader to look into why investigation of Biden's son ended. Text of call shows. All right. Um, so. This is from uh, September 25th, 2019. And I'm also going to reference the, uh, I actually read and printed up the memo of that call with uh, Ukrainian leader uh, Zelensky. So uh, I'll reference that as well. All right, so uh, Donald Trump in a midsummer phone call, it took place July 25th, 2019, with Ukrainian President uh, Volodymyr Zelensky. And now keep in mind, on Wednesday, September 25th, uh, Zelensky uh, met with Trump, and that was televised also, right? So many of you all saw that. Um, Donald Trump asked uh, pre uh, Ukrainian President Zelensky to look into why that country's top prosecutor apparently had ended an investigation of the business dealings of uh, Joe Biden's son, uh, Bo Biden, um, who served on a board of a Ukrainian gas company. Now, uh, in this call, Donald Trump is spreading all types of conspiracy theories. And I'm gonna break that down as well, provide you with evidence, provide you with fact checking. So you can go research this for yourself. Proper documentation ends all conversation, okay? You don't have to believe a word that I say, go research this information for yourself. All right, and uh, okay, let's go back to this here. All right, so quote, then, then uh, Vice President Biden, when, uh, so uh, quoting from the memo of the call, uh, Donald Trump said, uh, Biden went around bragging that he stopped the prosecution. So if you can look into it, it sounds horrible to me, uh, Trump told Zelensky during the 30 minute July 25th, 2019 phone call. So at, uh, at the time he was referring to uh, Biden allegedly bragging that he stopped the prosecution. Um, Joe Biden was vice president of the United States, okay? Now, a description of the call was made public on Wednesday, September 25th, 2019, by the Trump administration under pressure from Democrats who have launched a formal impeachment inquiry to determine whether the president sought to help a foreign leader to boost his campaign, and it appears, it appears that he does, especially uh, from the uh, whistleblower complaint that was released uh, on uh, today on September 26th, especially from that as well. It appears it is even more damaging than um, many people thought it would be and more damaging than many uh, Republican senators have uh, led on that it would be. Now, uh, so a description of the call was made public Wednesday, 
uh, September 25th by Trump administration under pressure from Democrats who have launched a formal impeachment inquiry to determine whether Donald Trump sought to help uh, sought the help of a foreign leader to boost his campaign. The White House noted that the summary of the call was not a verbatim transcript and that it represented a record, a record of, quote, the notes and recollections of Situation Room duty officers and National Security Council policy staff, end quote, who listened to official conversations. Now, uh, Donald Trump's phone call made from the White House residence to Ukrainian President Zelensky began with Trump con congratulating Zelensky on his election victory. Later, Trump veers into the Biden issue, okay? So um, Trump says, uh, quote, I heard you had a prosecutor who was very good and he was shut down and that's really unfair, end quote. Uh, Trump says on the call, according to uh, the description. Uh, then Trump says, quote, there's a lot of talk about Biden's son, okay? There's a lot of talk about Biden's son, that Biden stopped the prosecution, and a lot of, referring to Vice President Joe Biden, and a lot of people want to find out about that. So whatever you can do with the Attorney General would be great. He's referring to Attorney General William Barr. Whatever you can do with with uh, the attorney general would be great. Now, Ukrainian President Zelensky replies that he's appointing a new prosecutor who will, quote unquote, look into the situation. Now, that is the only mention about Joe Biden in the memo about the call. The call description is five pages long. Now, uh, Trump said in the call that he wanted Rudy Giuliani, his personal attorney. Rudy Giuliani does not work for the federal government. He does not work for the U.S. government. That is Trump's personal attorney. Trump says in the call that he wants his personal attorney and Attorney General William Barr to talk to Ukrainian President Zelensky. So why is Trump's personal attorney talking to the uh, president of a foreign country? Why is he doing it? On behalf of Donald Trump. Zelensky replies by saying he has the ability to make sure that the next prosecutor, quote unquote, will be 100% my person, 100% my person, and that he or she will look into the situation, end quote. Zelensky also asked Trump to provide, quote unquote, any additional information, all right? Now, Zelensky said it would be very helpful for the investigation. Now, the Department of Justice said that Attorney General William Barr found out about uh, the call several weeks after it was made. The matter was then referred to the Department of Justice. Now, as we found out yesterday, the Department of Justice investigated and they, they are not going to file charges against Trump, but based upon the 1973 memo from the uh, Richard Nixon administration stating that a uh, sitting president cannot be indicted, they, the Department of Justice wouldn't be able to file charges against him anyway. However, Congress can hold Trump accountable. That's what the impeachment process is about, Article um, Article 2, Section 4 of the U.S. Constitution. Now, uh, the, the Department of Justice said Trump has not spoken with Attorney, Ge Attorney General William Barr about having uh, Ukraine investigate anything relating to uh, Joe Biden or his son, and the department um, and the department uh, said the uh, president has not asked Attorney General, Attorney General William Barr to contact Ukraine on this or any other matter, nor has Attorney General William Barr 
uh, nor has Attorney General William Barr have com uh, uh, communicated with Ukraine about this or any other subject, or ha has he discussed this matter or anything related to Ukraine with uh, Rudy Giuliani, Trump's personal uh, attorney. Though it was not explicit, Trump also appears to tie the award of aid to Ukraine to uh, Ukrainian President Zelensky's willingness to co cooperate with Trump, okay? So it is an implicit quid pro quo. It is an implicit, not explicit quid pro quo. Um, Trump says in the description uh, from the memo, quote, I will say that we do a lot for Ukraine. We spend a lot of effort and, and a lot of time, much more than the European countries are doing, okay? Now, let me switch over to this article from abcnews.com. And I'll, I'll post the links to all these articles here when, when we're done, all right? Because I have, have a lot of information to get through, so just bear with me here. Um, How's everybody doing? We got Martel, Lonnie, Carl, Tracy, uh, Tarita, Nadi Ra, Colette, uh, Erkia, okay, Holtzclaw, always, I'm not sure how to pronounce your first name, you always watch, so thanks for watching. Lynn, Sammy, Tracy, Kim Robinson, how you doing? All right, okay, so just let me, just give me a couple of seconds to acknowledge some of the people watching. All right. The eight times Trump urged Ukraine's leader to help with investigations. The eight times Trump urged Ukraine's leader to help with investigations. This is from ABC News. Their official website is abcnews.go.com, abcnews.go.com. Now, during the 2016 election, I was exposing a lot of the fake news websites that were out there. There was a fake, because I'm in, I'm in media, okay? I've, I, I've been doing radio nine years. I know how to spot the fake news websites from the real ones. Real ones. Um, there was a news website, and their domain name was abcnews.com. To the untrained person, somebody sees that, and they think that is ABC News, you know? ABC News, national news, uh, credible, but... I'm on ABC News website every day. So their actual domain name is abcnews.go.com. When I see a website and they're saying their website address is abcnews.com, I know it's fake. So then one of the ways that I, I, I go through and determine whether a news website is fake or not or credible, and there are a number of different ways I do this. One of the things that I do is I go and look at some of their articles on their website. This fake ABC News website, almost all the articles were written by the same person. So right there, that tells me that it's fake, okay? Uh, <laughs> all right, so the eight times Trump urged, urged Ukraine's leader to help with uh, investigations. And let me go to this one here. I have this pulled up. Okay, I got about 60 tabs pulled up here. Uh, so, so just bear with me here, okay? All right. So the newly released transcript of uh, Donald Trump's phone call, well, it's actually a memo. It's not a, it's not a transcript. It was purported to be a transcript, but it's not a transcript. It's actually a memo uh, of, of the call, but it's damaging enough. And, and this is what the White House released. It is damaging enough, okay? Um, 
the the memo of uh, Trump's phone call with Ukraine's uh, President Volodymyr Zelensky reveals that Donald Trump repeatedly urged him eight times to work with his personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, who does not work for the federal government, to help with investigations, including into former Vice President Joe Biden and Joe Biden's son, all right? So if we go through and look at these, okay? Uh, number one, paragraph three, top paragraph. Trump says, I would like you to do us a favor though, because our country has been through a lot uh, been, been through a lot and Ukraine knows a lot about it. All right. So uh, that is extremely, extremely important. I, I'm going to give you the full context here of this. Then I'm going to go to this segment from uh, the last word, Lawrence O'Donnell, MSNBC from, from September 25th, 2019, where he goes deep into this and talks about what that word though, T-H-O-U-G-H, actually means okay so here is from the official memo trump says i would like you to do us a favor though because our country has been through a lot and ukraine knows a lot about it i would like you to find out what happened with this whole situation with ukraine they they say crowd strike dot 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 i guess you have one of your wealthy people dot 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 the server they say ukraine has it Okay, he, he's referring to Hillary Clinton's server with the missing 30,000 emails that he asked Russia to find. In that same day that he asked Russia to, to find Hillary Clinton's missing uh, 30,000 emails, hours later, they, they hacked the DNC. Okay, hours later, they hacked the DNC. Okay, so there are a lot of things that went on the whole situation. I think you're surrounding yourself with some of the same people. I would like you to have the Attorney General, William Barr, call you or your people, and I would like you to get to the bottom of it. As, as, you, as you saw yesterday, that whole nonsense ended with a very poor performance by a man named Robert Mueller. This is, the day this call takes place is July 25th, 2019. That's the day after Robert Mueller testified in Congress about the Mueller report and the contents of the Mueller report. So Trump is talking to the uh, Ukrainian president about Robert Mueller, okay? The day after Mueller testifies. As you saw yesterday, that whole nonsense ended with a very poor performance by a man named Robert Mueller, an incompetent performance, but they say a lot of it started with Ukraine. Whatever you can do, it is very important that you do it if that's possible. So he's leaning on them, all right? Now, you got to keep in mind, at this point, $391 million in aid to uh, Ukraine is being withheld. Okay, so if you go back, now, so be sure to go back and watch the broadcast I did September 24th, where I give you this background information and break this stuff down, okay? If we look at the... Um, article from uh, one of the articles I shared with you in that broadcast that was from September 24th this had to be September yeah September 24th it dealt with um, the money being withheld okay let me see where is that this is the one from the New York Times. I think it talks about it here. I have to see where that article is. 
but it, it deals with the uh, $391 million being, um, being withheld. Let's see, where did I put that? Okay, we'll have to come back to that. Just a minute here. Okay, here we go. Yeah, Nancy Pelosi announces formal impeachment. Trump said, okay. All right, I've got like about 50 articles here printed, so just hold on for a second. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, NBCnews.com, uh, this is from uh, September 24, 2019. Trump says he will release a transcript of call with Ukraine president. That's the name of the article. On the second page of the article, earlier Tuesday, which is September 24th, Trump had confirmed reports that his administration froze almost $400 million in aid to Ukraine, but he gave a new reason for doing so. He said he wanted European countries to contribute money to TOO and did not want the United States to do so alone. Okay, so this is so. Uh, at the time that this call takes place, July 25th, the $391 million in aid to Ukraine from the U.S. was being frozen. All right. On Monday, the Washington Post, Monday, uh, September 23rd, on Monday, the Washington Post and other media outlets reported that Donald Trump instructed his acting chief of staff, Mick Mulvaney, to place a hold on about $400 million in military aid for Ukraine in the days before the July 25th phone call with Ukrainian President uh, Volodymyr Zelensky. The White House labeled the reporting as untrue, but that's not what the evidence shows. This is this is so more information came out since this article came out on the 24th. All right. And, and what's happening is Trump keeps changing from day to day the uh, reason why the money was being withheld and uh, the contents of the call and him. Um, uh, he did the. the, the the, as the article stated on page two, um, Trump has confirmed reports to, uh, that his administration froze almost $400 million in aid to Ukraine, but he gave a new reason for doing so. So on Tuesday, he admitted that his administration froze the money, but they keep changing the reason why they froze the money. Okay. So that's usually what liars do. They keep changing. They keep changing the lie. All right. When that lie doesn't work, they throw something else out. When that lie doesn't work, they throw something else out. All right. Okay. So let's go back to this one here. I need a bigger desk because this desk is completely full. I've got at least that stack right there is for my online course I teach dealing with uh, the transatlantic slave trade. That's like 60 articles. And uh, I've got, I need a larger desk. All right. That's what it boils down to. All right. Let's, so let's continue here. Um, Okay, so that was from page three when I talked about I would like you to do us a favor, though. That was from page three of the uh, memo that was declassified, okay? Now, let's go to this clip here from uh, The Last Word with Lawrence O'Donnell. And let me adjust the volume. Don't want to blow everybody away. Uh, Lawrence O'Donnell talks about this memo and he talks about that line. I would like you to do us a favor though, because our country has been through a lot and Ukraine knows a lot about it. Let's go to this clip. This is from uh, September 25th, 2019, the last word with Lawrence O'Donnell on MSNBC. 
as of tonight, this five-page memorandum of telephone conversation released by the White House today has made the, oh, this way, this is the five-page memorandum. It has made this 448-page Mueller report now the second most important public document in the impeachment investigation of President Donald J. Trump. The conversation only covered two subjects. First, military aid to Ukraine, and second, investigating Joe Biden and Joe Biden's son. That's it. President Zelensky clearly wanted to talk about military aid. President Trump clearly only wanted to talk about Joe Biden. President Zelensky used the standard public manual of flattering Trump in order to get something from him. He actually said to him, you are a great teacher for us. President Trump then said, the United States has been very good to Ukraine. I wouldn't say that it's reciprocal necessarily because things are happening that are not good, but the United States has been very good to Ukraine. President Zelensky kept thanking President Trump profusely and repeatedly, and then he said, thank you for your great support in the area of defense. We are ready to continue to cooperate for the next step. Specifically, we are almost ready to buy more javelins from the United States for defense purposes. That was the last word said about defense spending because Donald Trump did not respond in any way to President Zelensky's desire to buy more javelin missiles from the United States. We have seen how eager the president is to discuss weapons sales publicly and privately to Saudi Arabia and other countries. But instead of responding to President Zelensky's desire for more javelins, Donald Trump said, I would like you to do us a favor, though. In the impeachment hearings, the word though will be studied in that sentence. The Oxford English Dictionary defines though in that usage to mean introducing an additional statement restricting or modifying the preceding statement. So saying, I would like you to do us a favor though, immediately after someone asks for something, according to the Oxford English Dictionary, is putting a restriction on the thing that was just requested. Here was Donald Trump's restriction. I would like you to find out what happened with this whole situation with Ukraine. Trump then suggests that Ukraine has information that could discredit Robert Mueller's investigation. And this phone call is taking place the day after Robert Mueller testified to the House of Representatives. Donald Trump says, I would like to have the Attorney General call you or your people, and I would like you to get to the bottom of it. As you saw yesterday, that whole nonsense ended with a very poor performance by a man named Robert Mueller, an incompetent performance. But they say a lot of it started with Ukraine. Whatever you can do, it's very important that you do it if that's possible. President Zelensky then eagerly says, I guarantee as the president of Ukraine that all the investigations will be done openly and candidly. That I can assure you. ABC News is reporting tonight that President Zelensky knew that Donald Trump was going to ask him about investigating Joe Biden. President Zelensky does appear ready for that. And it is President Zelensky who first brings up Rudy Giuliani before Donald Trump mentions Giuliani's name. President Zelensky says, I will personally tell you that one of my assistants spoke with Mr. Giuliani just recently, and we are hoping very much that Mr. Giuliani will be able to travel to Ukraine, and we will meet once he, once he comes to Ukraine. Donald Trump 
then says, Mr. Giuliani is a highly respected man. He was the mayor of New York City, a great mayor, and I would like you to uh, like him to call you. I will ask him to call you along with the attorney general. Rudy very much knows what's happening, and he's a very capable guy. If you could speak to him, that would be great. President Trump goes on to say the other thing. That means there's another thing mm -hmm. that is restricting President Zelensky's desire for more military equipment from the United States. The other thing, there's a lot of talk about Biden's son, that Biden stopped the prosecution, and a lot of people want to find out about that. So whatever you can do with the attorney general would be great. Biden went around bragging that he stopped the prosecution. So if you can look into it, it sounds horrible to me. President Zelensky says, the next prosecutor general will be 100% my person, my candidate, who will be approved by the parliament and will start as a new prosecutor in September. He or she will look into the situation. President Trump says, I will have Mr. Giuliani give you a call, and I am also going to have Attorney General Barr call, and we will get to the bottom of it. I'm sure you will figure it out. President Zelensky then tries to buy goodwill with Donald Trump, as so many foreign governments have, by telling him that he paid to stay in a Trump hotel. President Zelensky says, last time I traveled to the United States, I stayed in New York near Central Park, and I stayed at the Trump Tower. President. Okay, so right there, that's an impeachable offense. That's a violation of Article 1, Section 9 of the U.S. Constitution that deals with the Emoluments Clause. That's it. That is an impeachable offense right there. Then... You go back, this is on page um, four, page four. The other thing, there's a lot of talk about Biden's son, that Biden stopped the prosecution, and a lot of people want to find out about that. So whatever you can do with the attorney general would be great. So once again, he's putting, Trump is putting a condition on them getting the uh, funding for them getting the money released, okay? Ukraine getting the money released. He's putting conditions on this tied to investigating into uh, his, uh, his chief opponent's uh, son's uh, dealings in the Ukraine and also investigating uh, former Vice President Joe Biden, all right? This is, in the cl this is a clear abuse, uh, abuse of power. And then also with the Ukrainian president staying at the uh, Trump Hotel. And keep in mind that Trump Hotel in Washington, D.C., Trump does not own that. That is leased, that, that hotel is leased from the federal government. The people actually own that hotel. Is He leases that from the U.S. government, okay? Go read, go to loc.gov, which is the Library of Congress website, loc.gov, and read the U.S. Constitution and read uh, Article 1, Section 9, of the U.S. Constitution, okay, because that deals with the Emoluments Clause, Article One, Section Nine. All right, so read that. Let's go back to this clip here. Trump says, "I will tell Rudy and Attorney General Barr to call. Thank you. Whenever you would like to come to the White House, feel free to call. Give us a date, and we'll work that out. I look forward to seeing you." President Zelensky says, "Thank you very much," and then they both say, "Thank you" a couple more times. President Zelensky says, "Bye bye." It's all there in Donald Trump's own words: collusion with a foreign government to help 
Donald Trump's re-election campaign, campaign by hurting a candidate running against Donald Trump. There's a lot of talk about Biden's son, that Biden stopped the prosecution, and a lot of people want to find out about that. So whatever you can do with the attorney general would be great. Whatever you can do. Mm-hmm. That's what the president of the United States wanted in that conversation from the president of Ukraine. Whatever you can do to help the re-election campaign of Donald Trump. That is the Donald Trump Jr. meeting at Trump Tower with mm-hmm. Russians during the presidential campaign on steroids. Leading off our discussion tonight is Larry Fife. He's a former... Okay, uh, I'm going to post a link to that full clip here. That is from... Uh, September 25th, 2019, the last word with Lawrence O'Donnell on on MSNBC. The name of that clip is why Trump's congratulatory call to Ukraine president was unusual. Why Trump's congratulatory call to Ukraine president was unusual. Uh, Let me hear. I'm going to post the link here. You can watch that full clip because I just gave you an excerpt of it um, for the sake of time and to hone in on what I am um, focusing on here. Okay, so let's go back to, let's see here. All right, so we got that. Um, Let's go back to the uh, two articles here, one from NBC and one from uh, ABC News. How's everybody doing? Everybody share this broadcast on your Facebook page. Invite your friends to tune in. We're going to get deep into this. And I mean, this deals with law, this deals with the U.S. Constitution, this deals with understanding the impeachment process, this deals with... um, uh, the Monuments Clause, all of this. Now, what happened was because Donald Trump thought he got away with conspiring with uh, the Russians to help him win the 2016 election, he is emboldened. He is emboldened and he th- he's trying to do it again with Ukraine. That's that's what this is about. Now, I said before, after the um after the Mueller report came out, I said uh, Democrats need to imp- start the impeachment process now. I said that back in May when it came out. I said that I said that before Mueller testified. I said you don't need Mueller to testify to start the impeachment inquiry. Okay. Uh, now back in May of uh, I was looking at my notes from uh, my radio show from the broadcast of my radio show, the African History Network show on 9, on the Superstation. I was looking at my notes from the weekend of um, May 25th, 2019, okay? And that was um, after the uh, Mueller report came out. Back at that time, that weekend, uh, 38 Democrats in the House of Representatives plus one Republican who was then a Republican, not an independent, rep- Representative Justin Amash of Michigan. 38 Democrats plus one Republican were uh, calling for uh, and at least uh, an impeachment inquiry into tr- Donald Trump. Today is 218. From, 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 from this past Sunday, it, it, this past Sunday, it was 100, about 134. By Wednesday, September 25th, between 9 p.m. to 10 p.m., it reached 218. That's how huge this. That's how huge this story is. Okay. If you like this type of information, also you can donate to the African History Network, PayPal.me forward slash the AHN Show, PayPal.me forward slash the AHN Show, or at our website AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. It helps us keep doing the research, stay on the air, finance our Sunday night show. 
um, helps uh, cover travel expenses when I have to travel out of town and speak at different events, helps us pay the bills, et cetera, okay? And then also all of my uh, DVD lectures are at our website, africanhistorynetwork.com, africanhistorynetwork.com, and you can uh, register for the online course that I teach on Thursdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade, what they didn't teach you in school. Ancient Kemet, one of the original names for Egypt. Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade, what they didn't teach you in school. Okay, so let's go back to the um, uh, article from NBCNews.com. Trump asked Ukraine leader to look into why investigation of Biden's son ended. Text of call shows, that's from September 25th. Um, 2019, and then also I'm referencing the article from abcnews.com, the eight times Trump urged Ukraine's leader to help with investigations. Now, in that clip from uh, Lawrence O'Donnell, The Last Word, Lawrence O'Donnell talked about how um, Zelensky knew that Trump, uh, he, he, uh, in that call, Zelensky knew what to be prepared for. He knew that Trump was going to uh, asked for help. And that was uh, reported also by uh, abcnews.com as well, abcnews.go.com. ABC News reported that also. And uh, I'm trying to find that article. Let me see. Where is that? I'll pull that article up as well because I have that. Uh, I posted that on my personal um, Facebook page. Okay, so I'll uh, give you the reference for that. Also, let's see here, where is that Trump made false? Okay, we have, um, that is NBC. And I thought I pulled it up, I have, uh, I'm work, running. I'm working off of two laptops too. Also, okay. Uh, ABC News. Uh, Ukrainians understood Biden probe was conditioned for Trump Zelensky talks, says former Ukrainian advisor. This is from September 25th, 2019. All right. Ukrainians understood Biden probe was conditioned for Trump Zelensky talks, says former Ukrainian advisor. All right, so we'll post a link here um, for that article as well. So hopefully you create a uh, folder in your um, in your browser, your bookmarks. Hopefully you create a folder because I have like hundreds of folders created in Firefox to organize all this information. And I have one on this whistleblower as well. All right, uh, let's go back to this article here. Um, All right. So after uh, Trump talked about, uh, I would like to, uh, I would like you to do us a favor, though, because our country has been through a lot. Um, Trump goes on to say uh, he would like to have uh, Attorney General William Barr quote call your people, and I would like you to get to the bottom of it. All right. Uh, he added, uh, quote, whatever you can do, it is very important that you do it uh, if that's possible. All right. Now. 
Though it was not exactly clear what Trump was referring to, CrowdStrike is the name of the cybersecurity firm that was hired to investigate the hack of the Democratic National Committee in 2016. Department of Justice officials were not able to shed any light on the matter. Okay, so Trump is uh, throwing around conspiracy theories in this call as well. Now, crowds, there were four cybersecurity companies that the DNC hired to uh, determine what was behind the uh, hack of the DNC's emails, okay, back in uh, 2016. CrowdStrike and Fidelis were two of those cybersecurity companies. I read their reports when they came out in 2016 after they did the investigation they put out reports crowdstrike was the first company to do the investigation and crowdstrike and fidelis identified two groups of hackers uh who were tied to russian intelligence who hacked the dnc so i knew this before the election i was talking about this i knew i knew what was behind the hack of the dnc and what was going on uh before the election because among other things i read the crowdstrike report as well as the Fidelis report, okay? So that's C-R-O-W-D-S-T-R-I-K-E, CrowdStrike. Now, uh, CrowdStrike in a statement said that, uh, that it had already, quote, provided all forensic evidence and analysis, end quote, to the FBI regarding its DNC hack investigation. Quote, we stand by our standings and, co and conclusions that have been fully supported by the U.S. intelligence community, uh, community end quote, uh, CrowdStrike said. In the same exchange, Donald Trump takes a shot at now former special counsel Robert Mueller, who had uh, testified before two House committees the day before uh, that call. Robert Mueller testified July 25th, I'm sorry, July 24th, as I stated, okay? At another point in the call, Zelensky says he stayed in Trump Tower near Central Park uh, the last time he traveled to the U.S. All right. Now, is it, OK, so the Trump Tower, he stayed at. OK, he stayed at Trump Tower, not the uh, correction. He didn't stay at the uh, Trump Hotel in D.C. He stayed at Trump Tower. It's still a violation of the Monuments Clause, however. He stayed at Trump Tower. Now, Trump speaking at the United Nations on Wednesday, September 25th, 2019, told reporters that he applied, quote, unquote, no pressure whatsoever in his phone call with uh, Ukraine's president. He said it was friendly and that the media built it up to be the call from hell and it turned out to be nothing. Not true. He's lying once again. He's lying once again. Um, Okay, um, Joe Biden said it was a tragedy. So Joe Biden was asking about this. He said uh, it was, uh, he, he said it was, quote, he, he said it was a, quote, tragedy for this country, end quote, that Trump put personal policies above his sacred oath and accused the president, uh, accused Donald Trump of having, quote, put his own political interests over our national security interests, which, which is bolstering Ukraine against Russian pressure, end quote. Uh, Former Vice President Joe Biden went on to say, Congress must, um, Congress must pursue the facts and quickly take prompt action to hold Donald Trump accountable. In the meantime, I will continue to focus my campaign not on how Donald Trump abused his power to come after my family, but on how he has turned his back on America's families, end quote. All right. Uh, let's see here. 
Okay, so the, okay, so the rest of the stuff you could read on your own. All right, uh, we'll post a link here to this article. This is from September 25th, 2019. Trump asked Ukraine leader to look into why investigation of Biden's son ended text of call shows. And uh, I'll share some fact checking with you to go uh, that, that'll go through and dispel a lot of this nonsense floating around on social media as well, a lot of these conspiracy theories, because Trump was floating conspiracy theories in this call also. All right, the, the ABC, the article from uh, ABC News, uh, the eight times Trump urged Ukraine's leader to help with investigations. Let me go uh, back over to that one. So we talked about, so this is, these are, these are like mob-like tactics of Trump strong-arming uh, Ukrainian President uh, Volodymyr Zelensky. So the first one was paragraph three, top paragraph. Um, a page, say page three, top paragraph. I would like you to do us a favor, though, because our country has been through a lot and Ukraine knows a lot about it. Uh, the second uh, incident was page three, top paragraph. Uh, quote, I would like you to find out what happened uh, with this whole situation with Ukraine. Uh, the third incident was uh, page three, top paragraph. I would, like you, I would like you to have the attorney general call you. Uh, I would like you to have the attorney general uh, call you or your people, and I would like you to get to the bottom of it. Number four, page three, top paragraph. Uh, whatever you can do, it is very important that you do it if that's possible, okay? Fifth, number five instance, page three, bottom paragraph. Uh, Mr. Giuliani is a highly respected man. Respected by whom? Mr. Giuliani is a highly respected man. He was the mayor of New York City, a great mayor, and I would like him, uh, uh, I would like him to call you. I will ask him to call you along with the attorney general. Rudy uh, very much knows what's happening and he is a very capable guy. If you could speak to him, that would be great. The sixth instance is uh, page four, top paragraph. Quote, there's a lot of talk about Biden's son, that Biden stopped the prosecution and a lot of uh, people want to find out about that. So whatever you can do with the attorney general would be great, end quote. The seventh incident is page four, top paragraph, quote, Biden went around bragging that he stopped the prosecution. So if you can look into it, it sounds horrible to me, end quote. The eighth instance was uh, page four, bottom paragraph, quote, I will have Mr. Giuliani give you a call, and I am also going to have Attorney General Barr call, and we will get to the bottom of it. I'm sure you will figure it out, end quote, okay? You know, that's a very nice horse you have there, isn't it? It'd be a shame if something happened to it. This is, this is strong-arming tactics. Okay, so we posted the link here. Well, maybe I did not post the link now. The eight times Trump urged Ukraine's leader to help with investigations. This is ABC News, okay? So read this also. These are strong arm tactics, all right? It'd be a shame if something happened to that pretty car you have here. You know, maybe you should sign up for our insurance policy. We can make sure things like that don't happen. <laughs> all right. 
let's see here. Um, let's continue. Okay, so we have who we have. Well, we have Dorothy, Joseph, Paula. Uh, have you been paid by liberals? Uh, no, Joseph. I haven't been paid by the liberals and been paid by none of these damn people. So you need to go research. You go do some research before you come talk to me with that nonsense. Okay, let's keep let's keep going here. All right. So next article. Trump promotes conspiracy theory. Clinton's deleted emails in Ukraine. Okay, let's look at this one here because that's the next one that we have up. And there was, uh, we'll also look at the Washington Post as well. We'll look at the fact checking from the Washington Post. There was also fact checking from uh, Fox 2 News in St. Louis as well, which is which uh, debunks all this stuff also. Shepard Smith on Fox News, who was not a liberal, debunked this nonsense as well. So, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people get their information from a lot of this conspiracy theory nonsense. But if you know how to read, which a lot of people don't, if you know how to read and do research, you can dispel a lot of this stuff. A lot of this stuff is just nonsense. Okay. And what Trump does is he traffics in conspiracy theories. Okay. If you follow his Twitter feed, if you look at some of a lot of things he says he traffics in conspiracy theories. All right. So let's go to um, let's pull this one up. Okay, that's how the impeachment process works. We'll come to that as well. All right, Trump promotes conspiracy theory. Clinton's deleted emails are in Ukraine. All right, so this is from uh, I think the September, this is September twenty fifth or twenty sixth. One of them. I was running out of ink. Um, so Trump, according to the text of his call or the memo, with uh, from July twenty fifth with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, asked for a favor involving cybersecurity company CrowdStrike, CrowdStrike, and a server. So Donald Trump said Wednesday, September 25th, that he thinks Hillary Clinton's deleted emails could be in Ukraine. The latest evidence, the, the, the latest evidence free theory he has floated amid a growing scandal over allegations that he attempted to strong arm that country's president to boost his campaign. A declassified summary of the conversation released by the White House on Wednesday, September 25th, shows that Trump asked Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky to, quote unquote, look into the son of possible 2020 rival Joe Biden. He also asked Ukraine's president for a favor, a favor, according to the summary, involving probing the origins of the special counsel's Russia investigation, the cybersecurity company CrowdStrike, and a server. Okay, so here are Donald Trump's claims and what the actual facts are. But a lot of people would rather deal with conspiracy theories as opposed to do research and actually find and actually, you know, deal with the facts. A lot of people don't want to deal with that. They just want to deal with the conspiracy theories and circulate conspiracy theories and headlines on social media and not do like any research. Okay, uh, but, you know, 
they you know, they circulate the conspiracy theories to get the clicks on social media, all this stuff, you know. So they don't want to deal with facts and evidence. No Clinton's no Clinton's emails are not hiding in Ukraine. So Trump responding to a question from a reporter at the United Nations on Wednesday said that he thought some of twenty uh, some of twenty sixteen Democratic Hillary Clinton emails, quote unquote, could be in Ukraine. Uh, quote, I think one of the great crimes committed in uh, is Hillary Clinton deleting 33,000 emails after Congress sent, uh, sends her a subpoena, end quote, Trump said. Trump char Trump's character characterization is misleading here. Hillary Clinton's team reviewed and sorted her emails in order to send work-related ones to the State Department in 2014. In December of 2014, uh, a Clinton aide ordered the employee managing the then Secretary of State server to delete 33,000 emails her team had concluded were personal in nature. That was four months before Congress issued the subpoena for the emails, okay? And I'm going to post this here, fact-checking. So when you got dumbasses that want to circulate uh, uh, nonsense on social media and conspiracy theories and things like this, you can deal with the facts and evidence because those people don't want to deal with facts and evidence. I've been doing radio nine years. I've been dealing with dumbasses like that. They don't want to deal with facts and evidence. Okay. And usually when you look when you go to their, um, uh, on Facebook, if they have like a real Facebook post, if it's not like a fake Facebook post with a bunch of memes, things like that, if they have a real Facebook post and then you look at their, uh, Facebook friends, you find out a lot of them aren't your Facebook friends because you want to deal with facts and evidence, and these dumbasses want to deal with conspiracy theories. Okay, so the actual deletion, uh, an FBI reporter later concluded, occurred in the weeks after the subpoena when the employee uh, managing her server realized that he had not deleted the emails at the time he was instructed to do so. All right, so you can uh, let me go back to this, flip back over here. Where the hell is this? Uh, there we go. Okay. So let me back up and just repeat those two paragraphs. Clinton's team reviewed and sorted her emails in order to send work-related ones to uh, the State Department in 2014. In December of 2014, a Clinton aide ordered Hillary Clinton, a Clinton aide ordered the employee managing the then Secretary of State's server to delete 33,000 emails her team had concluded were personal in nature. That was four months before Congress issued the subpoena for her emails. The actual deletion, an FBI report later concluded, occurred in the weeks after the subpoena when the employee managing Hillary Clinton's server realized that he had not deleted the emails at the time he was instructed to do so. That's a totally different characterization than what Trump talked about uh, on Wednesday, uh, September 25th, the United Nations and how he's been characterizing it. So Trump's timeline is technically, technically, technically right, but the intention he implies is misleading. Then, F then FBI Director James Comey said in a July 2016 statement that his agency's his agency's investigation, quote, found no evidence that any of the additional work-related emails were intentionally deleted in an effort to conceal them, end quote. Many of those missing emails were later recovered by the FBI as well. The agency eventually concluded Hillary Clinton was careless but not criminal 
with her emails, which were housed on a server located at her home in uh, Chappaqua, New York. All right, next, CrowdStrike. Neither is CrowdStrike. So Trump's email talk, uh, Trump's email talk follows the disclosure of the private call he had with the Ukrainian president, during which he also hinted at debunked conspiracy theories surrounding the Russia investigation. And when you, when you study Trump, it's like around every corner is a Russian. When you read the Mueller report, volume one, uh, volume, volume one deals with the Russian interference to the 2016 election. Volume two deals with obstruction of justice. When you read the Mueller report, Mueller, Mueller lays out 140 contacts that the Trump campaign had, Trump campaign and Trump transition team transition team had with Russians. Why is there so many contacts with one country? I just find that interesting. So uh, Trump told uh, Zelensky, uh, according to the text of, uh, uh, Trump told uh, Vladimir Zelensky in the July 25th, 2019 uh, call, quote, I would like you to do us a favor though, because our country has been through a lot and Ukraine knows a lot about it. I would like you to find out what happened with the whole situation with Ukraine, okay? They, they say CrowdStrike, uh, the server, they say Ukraine has it. So Trump went on to say, I would like to have the attorney general call you or your people, and I would like you to get to the bottom of it as you saw, uh, as you saw yesterday. So th th this is the call from July 25th. He says, as you saw yesterday, he's referring to Robert Mueller, that whole nonsense ended with a very poor performance by a man named Robert Mueller, an incompetent performance. But they say a lot of it started with Ukraine. Whatever you can do, it is very important that you do it for, uh, it, it is very important that you do it if that's possible, end quote. So it's unclear exactly what Trump is getting at here, but the private phone call hints at several conspiracy theories he, he has raised in the past and suggests that he still questions the FBI's conclusion that the Russians hacked the Democratic National Committee as part of Moscow's election interference efforts into 2016. Because if he admits that all that happened and that Vladimir Putin, because that was because Vladimir Putin favored Trump over Hillary Clinton. So then if he admits all that, then that would invalidate his president, that would invalidate his win in, in the electoral college and he would you know I, I've, already, I've already said that donald trump is the first russian president of the united states and he's a fake president okay so he doesn't want to acknowledge this because that undermines his his win in the electoral college and that undermines his presidency. so he doesn't want to he doesn't want to acknowledge this and at the same time he has not given the authority to the fbi and and uh, other departments to protect uh, the, the 2020 election from uh, interference from foreign countries as well, okay? So Trump has baselessly claimed in the past that the DNC, which hired cybersecurity firm CrowdStrike to investigate a breach that turned out to be a Russian hack, withheld evidence from the authorities. Trump has baselessly claimed that CrowdStrike has withheld evidence from authorities. It's true 
it, it is true that the FBI did not physically examine the DNC uh, servers as part of what eventually became special counsel Robert Mueller's probe. And then FBI director James Comey said law enforcement was rebuffed by the DNC in efforts to do so. The, D the Democratic National Committee, the DNC, insists the FBI never asked to see the servers. Now, there's, a, uh, there's also not just one, as uh, Trump seems to think, okay? There's also not just one, as Trump seems, seems to think. The DNC has said they decommissioned, decommissioned 140 servers and rebuilt, rebuilt 11, to be specific, related to 2016. One of them is on display at the DNC next to a filing cabinet broken into by Watergate burglars, according to this 2016 photo in the New York Times. More importantly, physical servers are often copied in the course of investigation and the evidence is stored as data, according to experts. Now, uh, Robert Mueller's report confirmed Russia was responsible for hacking the DNC and disseminating damaging emails as part of his campaign to support Donald Trump's White House bid. Okay, got to read volume one of the Mueller Report. You can go to NBCNews.com and just search for read text of Mueller Report. They have the whole full 448 pages there um, of the Mueller Report that you can that you can read and focus in um, read volume one. Okay, start with volume one. Um, let's see here. Okay, so let's get down to Trump claims Russia investigation began as a deep state setup. Some more conspiracy theory nonsense that people like to circulate who don't like to do research. How you doing, uh, Nadi? Okay, Nadi Urkia. Okay. Um, put the like proper pronunciation of your name, uh, Erkia, so I get it right. You're always on, so make sure I pronounce your name correctly. Dorothy, Kimberly, uh, Levita. How's everybody doing? Okay. All right, let's continue here. So Trump claims Russia investigation began as a deep state setup, all right? And then also we're gonna to go to uh, fact checking from the Washington Post because they gave Donald Trump four Pinocchios for those lies that he told um, at the UN on uh, Wednesday. So during a news conference later Wednesday, September 25th, 2019, Donald Trump claimed the Russian meddling and subsequent investigation with some kind of some kind of deep state setup to hurt him. Okay, well, you're doing a pretty good job of hurting yourself, but no, it's not a deep state setup. Quote, what we're looking for, he said, what we're looking for, corruption, an investigation started the Russian witch hunt affectionately, and it was a total phony scam. It was set up by people with, within the government to try and stop somebody from getting elected and after that person, namely me, won, end quote. This is what Trump said. Now, prior to the news conference, Donald Trump told reporters at the United Nations that his personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, is working to find out how the quote-unquote Russian witch hunt started. Giuliani, who has spent months pushing Ukraine 
to probe the Bidens is mentioned by uh, Trump during his phone call with Zelensky as, uh, as someone who, quote, very much knows what's happening, end quote. So here's how the U.S. government has said the Russian investigation began. According to the Mueller report, in May of 2016, a loose-lipped Trump aide told a member of a foreign government uh, whom media reports have been identified as an Australian diplomat in Britain that Russia had dirt on Hillary Clinton, okay? That was uh, uh, Papadopoulos. That was George uh, uh, Papadopoulos who was talking to a Australian diplomat, okay? And this is, this, this is the origins of the uh, investigation, to, to the whole Russian investigation. But even the House Intelligence Committee, when Devin Nunes was chair of the House Intelligence Committee, when they did their investigation and they released a five-page report, on page five of the report, they even admitted that the Russian investigation started because of the conversation between George Papadopoulos and the Australian diplomat, okay? And um, so in May 2016, a loose-lipped Trump aide told a member of a foreign government uh, whom media reports have identified as an Australian diplomat in Britain that Russia had dirt on Hillary Clinton. In late, Ju in late July of 2016, stolen emails from Democratic operatives were published online and Australian authorities passed on the information they had about the aid uh, George Papadopoulos to the United States. On July 31st, 2016, the FBI opened an investigation into whether individuals associated with the Trump campaign were coordinating with the Russian interference operation. American intelligence officials sought to warn the Russians um, of election meddling ahead of November 2016, and President Barack Obama reportedly personally warned Russian President Vladimir Putin to knock it off. He did not. And Robert S. Mueller, in his report and in his subsequent testimony before Congress, concluded a sweeping and ongoing effort by Moscow to interfere in U.S. elections. Okay, so read this. This is fact checking from NBCNews.com. Trump promotes conspiracy theory. Clinton's deleted emails are in Ukraine. Okay, so this is uh, from September 25th, 2019. Let's look at, let me post this link here. Then let's look at the um, fact-checking from uh, the Washington Post. Washington Post, New York Times. All the news outlets had the fact-checking out just uh, dispelling this nonsense that Trump is spreading. Okay, But this is what he does when he's backed into a corner, when he's desperate. What does he do? He lies and he spreads conspiracy theories. All right? All right, let's uh, go over to, how's everybody doing here? Let me go to the next article. And uh, I'm gonna look at um, Washington Post. This is not one that I printed yet. Yeah, this, I think, this is the right one. September twenty-six. I think this is the one where. He, um, 
He got the Pinocchios. This is the yeah the four Pinocchios. Okay, yeah, this is it right here. Go back to the top here because I didn't print this one. Uh, what's the name of this article here? Trump's false claims about Hunter Biden's China deals. Um, this is uh, uh, from the fact checking department at the Washington Post. This is by Glenn Kessler, September 26, 2019. When uh, Biden's son walks, so Donald Trump at the uh, United Nations on September 25th. When he was uh, sitting there, they did a press conference with Ukrainian. He did a press conference with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. Um, Donald Trump said, quote, when Biden's son walks out of China with $1.5 billion in a fund and the biggest funds in the world can't get money out of China and he's there for one quick meeting and he flies in on Air Force Two, I think that's a horrible thing. I think it's a horrible thing, end quote, okay? Um, so Trump also said, ask how his son made millions of dollars from Ukraine, made millions of dollars from China, even though he had no expertise whatsoever. Trump said, uh, made these remarks to reporters with uh, Brian, uh, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson on September 24th, 2019. September 23rd, 2019, uh, Trump made remarks to the United Nations. He made remark, remarks to reporters at the United Nations. Quote, the son took money from China, a lot of money from China, end quote. So uh, Glenn, Kessler, Glenn Kessler of the Washington Post goes on to explain, we've been writing a lot about Trump's false claims concerning Ukraine, Joe Biden, and Biden's son, Hunter, Hunter Biden. Now let's turn our, our attention to Trump's repeated suggestions that Hunter struck it rich with a sketchy deal in China. So we had, uh, had fact-checked this back in May of 2019, but as the Ukraine controversy has heated up, it also, uh, it, it's also become a regular staple of Trump's attacks on Biden. This was this was the bump back in May of 2019 for all you simple Simon ass people. This was the bump back in May of 2019. Bloomberg, CNN, that all this conspiracy nonsense was the bump back in May of 2019. Some of y'all just find out about this. So here's an expanded look that takes into account new information and updated Pinocchio and an updated Pinocchio rating. So here are the facts. First, we will stipulate that any child of a prominent politician needs to be wary of even the appearance of a conflict of interest between his or her business interests and their parents' political position. Hunter Biden, as detailed in a New Yorker profile published in July of 2019, has had a checkered life and yet has managed to score business deals in countries in particular, Ukraine and China. That might, not that, that might not have materialized without the prominence of his father. Similarly, Ivanka Trump was granted Chinese trademarks days before and after Donald Trump vowed to save jobs at ZTE, which is a major Ch Chinese telecom company in 2018. Ivanka Trump was also granted Chinese trademarks in 2017. 
on the same day, uh, she sat next to Chinese President uh, Xi Jinping at a dinner. Now, Donald Trump, of course, chose to focus on uh, Joe Biden's son, not his own daughter, Ivanka. He has claimed that Hunter Biden, quote, made millions of dollars from China, end quote, and, quote, took money from China, a lot of money, end quote. Trump also said that Hunter Biden walked out of China with, quote, 1.5 billion in a fund after one quick meeting, and he flies in on Air Force Two, end quote. So let's look back a bit. Hunter Biden launched a consulting firm in the year 2008. Then in 2009, he co-founded another company, Rosemont Seneca Partners, with Christopher Hines, a stepson of then-Senator John F. Kerry, Democrat from Massachusetts. John Kerry goes on to become Secretary of State. He runs for president uh, against uh, George W. Bush, loses, and um, under Barack Obama, uh, John Kerry becomes Secretary of State. So Joe Biden uh, founded a company, Rosemont Seneca Partners, with Christopher Hines, stepson of uh, Senator John F. Kerry, because John F. Kerry, John F. Kerry's wife, I forgot her first name, she is the heir to the Heinz ketchup fortune. Okay, that's his wife. All right, so um, Christopher Hines, stepson of then Senator John F. Kerry, Democrat of Massachusetts, and Devin Archer, a Yale classmate of uh, Christopher Hines. At times, Hunter Biden and uh, Archer did deals that did not include Christopher Hines, who apparently was more wary of business arrangements that might attract public attention. Now, Devin Archer and Hunter Biden, for instance, connected with Jonathan Lee, L-I, spelled L-I, not L-E-E, who ran a Chinese private equity fund. In June 2013, according to the New Yorker uh, magazine, uh, Jonathan Lee, uh, Devin Archer, and other partners, including Chinese entities, signed a memorandum of understanding, an MOU, to create a fund called BHR Partners, BHR Partners. Hunter Biden originally was on an advisory board for BHR Partners and was not an equity owner in the fund while Joe Biden, this was while Joe Biden was vice president. He later acquired a 10% interest in the entity overseeing the fund. Now the supposed size of the China fund, $1.5 billion, comes courtesy of Secret Empires, Secret Empires, a 2018 book by conservative author Peter Schweitzer, okay? Peter Schweitzer, remember that name, who earlier had targeted Hillary Clinton in the book Clinton Cash. Now, when you go read, so the whole Clinton Cash stuff comes from Breitbart and financed by Robert Mercer. Robert Mercer was one of the earlier financiers of Donald Trump's 2016 presidential campaign. If you actually go do the research on the book Clinton Cash, written by Peter Schweitzer. Peter Schweitzer was a former editor at large for Breitbart News, okay? The book has been thoroughly fact-checked and is full of uh, conspiracy theories and inaccuracies that have been debunked that have been debunked when you go research that. The documentary Clinton Cash is based upon the book Clinton Cash by Peter Schweitzer. 
Stephen Bannon, who was the who was running Breitbart, and he leaves Breitbart to come over to run the Donald Trump campaign to be CEO of the Donald Trump campaign. Stephen Bannon was one of the producers of the documentary Clinton Cash. They were selling that documentary on Breitbart's website. The documentary is full of conspiracy theories, and the documentary has been thoroughly debunked as well. Okay, people don't do research; they just throw around this nonsense. Don't do research. All right. So when you when you trace all when you tie these together, you trace these threads. They trace back to Robert Mercer, M E R C E R, Robert Mercer, who was one of the early financiers of. Donald Trump's 2016 campaign, and he's one of the main financiers of Breitbart News, okay, Robert Mercer. When you look at Kellyanne Conway, Kellyanne Conway, who we see lying on TV every day, who was a senior advisor to Donald Trump, Kellyanne Conway used to run Robert Mercer's family's super PAC before she came over to the Donald Trump campaign, okay? You gotta go research these people, all right? So, um, so when you start talking about, so this is where Trump is getting these conspiracy theories from. This stuff ties back to Robert Mercer. The supposed size of the China fund, $1.5 billion, comes courtesy of Secret Empires, a 2018 book by conservative author Peter Schweitzer, who also earlier had targeted Hillary Clinton in the book Clinton Cash. Peter Schweitzer wrote Clinton Cash as well. The fact Now, also keep in mind that... Uh, Stephen Bannon said that Breitbart is the home of the alt-right, the home of the alt-right, okay? Now, who coined the term alt-right? That was Robert Spencer. Robert Spencer is a white supremacist, white nationalist, who founded the National Policy Institute, okay? Now, Robert, uh, Robert, Robert um, uh, Richard Spencer was debated twice on uh, News One Now, uh, by Roland Martin, and Roland kicked his behind. So you can go watch that on YouTube. Richard Spencer had a mentee. His mentee went to Duke University. His mentee's name is Stephen Miller. Stephen Miller is a senior advisor to Donald Trump, who's still in the administration now. Stephen Miller was an aide to U.S. Attorney um, Jeff Sessions, okay, I think uh, this actually was in, uh, is when Jeff Sessions was a U.S. Senator, okay? Stephen Miller was an aide also to U.S. Senator Jeff Sessions of Alabama. And then Jeff Sessions did what? He became Donald Trump's Attorney General. And he started reversing policies that uh, Attorney General Eric Holder and Loretta Lynch put in place in the Department of Justice. Like the Smart on Crime Initiative of 2013 that Eric Holder put in place to back off of charging low-level nonviolent drug offenders with the longest, harshest sentences. So a lot of people don't know that the U.S. prison population dropped to its lowest point in 20 years in December 2015 under President Obama. It dropped from 2.3 million down to 1.53 million. Read the reporting from Newsweek.com, which cites the December 2016 year-end report from the Department of Justice. This is an example of how elections have consequences. The 2016 election was never about one person versus another person. There are 4,000 positions that Donald Trump had to fill in his administration. Okay, this is about ideology 
in the future of this country. And, and all these policies impact African-Americans on a daily basis. Politics is the legal distribution of scarce wealth, power, and resources and the writing of laws, statutes, ordinances, amendments, and treaties, their adoption, interpretation, and enforcement. This is what politics is. Politics is the writing of laws, statutes, ordinances, amendments, and treaties, their adoption, interpretation, and enforcement. Okay. Uh, okay, so the fact checker spent a lot of time in the 2016 campaign chasing down dubious uh, claims touted by Peter Schweitzer, such as uh, the Uranium One deal. Okay, so the fact checker, they're referring to the fact checking department there at the Washington Post. Now, affiliates of the, affiliates of the advisory firm had said BHR partners. Affiliates of the advisory firm had said they planned to raise $1.5 billion, but it appears the fundraising fell short of that. In December 2013, Hunter Biden, son of Joe Biden, and one, and we know Hunter Biden passed away from cancer, okay? So in December 2013, Hunter Biden and one of his daughters flew from Japan to China with Joe Biden on Air Force Two. This is what Trump referred to when he said, quote, he's there for one quick meeting and he flies in on Air Force Two. I think that's a horrible thing, end quote. The vice president had diplomacy on his agenda. Hunter Biden was not spotted much, though Peter Schweitzer, author of Secret Empires and Clinton Cash, makes a big deal about Hunter Biden following his father into a shop as the vice president buys an ice cream bar. Quote, vice president, the, the, the vice president raised his magnum ice cream bar to, to show the world's, hold on. Okay, the vice, quote, the vice president raised his magnum ice cream bar to show the world's press how personable Joe Biden can be, Peter Schweitzer wrote. Intentionally or not, Hunter Biden was showing the Chinese that he had uh, connections, okay? Now, the New Yorker, New Yorker magazine, um, detailed that Peter Schweitzer's claims about the China deal are disputed by the Biden camp. Schweitzer, the uh, New Yorker wrote, Schweitzer asserts that, quote, Rosemont Seneca Partners has been negotiating an exclusive deal with Chinese officials, which they signed approximately 10 days after Hunter Biden visited China with his father, end quote. In fact, the deal had been signed before the trip, according to the BHR uh, partner's representative. It was a business license that came through shortly afterward, and Hunter Biden was not a signatory. Hunter Biden and Archer said, they, said that they never met with any Chinese officials about the fund, and the deal wasn't with Rosemont Seneca Partners, but with a new holding company established solely by Archer. Christopher Hines was not part of the BHR transaction. Peter Schweitzer, P Peter Schweitzer, Schweitzer also asserts that the Chinese fund was lucrative, quote unquote, lucrative for Hunter Biden. But Hunter and his business partners told me that he has yet to receive a payment from the company. Okay, so that was reporting from the New Yorker. Now, in May, the fact checker at Washington Post also reported that Hunter Biden had not received any payments from the deal. B 
because all this was thoroughly investigated by multiple uh, news uh, entities, okay? And this was reported on. And Bloomberg has an article from May of 2019 debunking all this nonsense floating around. Still, the New Yorker said that Hunter Biden's behavior at one point raised questions among the vice president's staff about whether he was leveraging access for his benefit. According to a Beijing-based BHR representative, Hunter Biden shortly after arriving in Beijing on December 4th uh, helped arrange for uh, Lee, L.I., to shake hands with his father in the lobby of the American Delegations Hotel. Afterward, Hunter and Lee had what both partners described as a social meeting. Hunter Biden told me that he didn't understand why anyone would have been concerned about this. Quote, how do I go to Beijing halfway around the world and not see them for a cup of coffee? End quote, he said. Now, the Washington Post fact-checking goes on to say, 12 days after he flew to Beijing, Hunter Biden joined the board of BHR uh, partners. George uh, Mazires, M-E-S-I-R-E-S, a lawyer for Hunter, for Hunter Biden, said in a July interview with the Washington Post, Michael Kranish, K-R-A-N-I-S-H, that his client's role has been misconstrued. He said Hunter Biden was on the board of the advisory firm that did not directly invest, but instead advised those who did. He said Hunter Biden was on the board of the advisory firm that did not directly invest, but instead advised those who did. Quote, to date, uh, Mr. Biden has not received any return or compensation on account of this investment or his position on the board of directors. Okay, end quote, uh, Mazyrus told the fact checker for Washington Post at, uh, after Trump's remarks with uh, uh, Ukrainian President Vladimir, uh, Vladimir Zelensky. Quote, the, the characterization of Mr. Biden as owning a $1.5 billion private equity firm funded by the Chinese or suggesting that Mr. Biden, uh, Hunter Biden, has earned millions of dollars from the firm is a gross misrepresentation of Mr. Biden's role with BHR, end quote. Now, Mazira said that the investment management company, quote, was capitalized from various sources with a total of 30 million uh, Chinese, uh, Chinese uh, uh, renminbi, R-E-N-M-I-N-B-I, or about $4.2 million, not $1.5 billion, end quote. Because Biden acquired a 10% minority interest, his, quote, capital commitment is approximately $420,000, end quote, Mazira said. The Pinocchio test. Donald Trump says Hunter Biden, quote, walked out of China with $1.5 billion in a fund and earned millions of dollars from the deal. There's no evidence to support those claims. And Trump provided no evidence. He just throws stuff out because he just recycles conspiracy theories and he provides no evidence whatsoever to substantiate this. One could argue Hunter Biden has been trading off his father's name and certainly arranging a handshake between a business partner and the vice president in China in China raises eyebrows. But Hunter Biden did not raise money for the fund. Instead, he was on a board that advised potential investors. He did not obtain an equity stake 
until after his father was no longer vice president. He did not obtain an equity stake until after his father was no longer vice president. And that investment of less than half a million dollars has not yet yielded a payoff for Hunter Biden, according to his attorney. Trump earns four Pinocchios, okay, as usual. As usual, okay, because he's told over 12,000 false and misleading statements, including lies. So we'll post the link here. You can read this in its entirety. This is from Washington Post, uh, WashingtonPost.com. This is from, uh, was it September 26th? It is the one from September 26th, uh, hold on, 2019. And let's get the full link here for you. You can check this out. And they have an excellent fact-checking department. And the thing I like about that fact-checking department, because I read a lot of their information, they provide sources to document what they're talking about. So you don't have to spend time arguing with simple Simon-ass people that don't do research and just want to spread conspiracy theories. All you got to do is just drop the information on it, on them. And if they can read, if they can read, They'll read it and we can clear up a lot of this, a lot of this nonsense. Um, all right, let's see here. Okay, Carl, how's everybody doing? Gigi, Bernadine. Okay, Johnson, Will. All right. Let's continue here. There was one other article I wanted to go to, and then we'll get into uh, a little of the whistleblower information. I haven't had a chance to read the whistleblower complaint. Uh, I skimmed an article from NBC News that talks about it, so we'll go to some of that because this is damaging for Trump. You know, and you're gonna have you look. I have trolls in different area codes, so when these trolls come on here, you know, I don't worry about that. I block them. Sometimes I explode, expose them and, and make them wish they were never born. Okay. And drop evidence on them. But you know, you, when you, what you do when these trolls come on, what you do, go to their Facebook page and nine times out of 10, you can see that they're trolls. Okay. So we, you know, this happens. I've been doing radio nine years. I've been uh, the African History Network, I created this. This is my fan page. I started this in January 2010. I've got trolls in different area codes. So that, that stuff don't, don't, don't bother me, all right? Um, the, fact that they're, the fact that they troll me shows they have nothing better to do with their lives. So that, that says more about you than it does about me. Uh, but thanks for coming here anyway. You know, tell your friends about me. All right. There was uh, one other one. Let me see. Let me find, try to find this. Um, I'll try to get this other one here. So we know that uh, we're at 218 uh, House members supporting impeachment. Now, this stuff is going to move quickly. The reason why is because the Iowa caucus uh, takes place in February of 2019. Okay. So this all this is going to take place in like four to six months because they don't want the impeachment inquiry impeachment process to go into the 2020 election season because the Iowa caucus officially kicks off the 2020 election season. Now, 
They should have already started the impeachment, the, the formal impeachment process. The, the impeachment inquiry actually already started in the House Judiciary Committee under Chairman Jerry Nadler, but they should have started in a formal uh, impeachment process. And, and, and the reason why is, is because if you ask 10, if you ask 10 Democrats in the House of Representatives, is there an impeachment inquiry taking place in the House Judiciary Committee, you'll get 10 different answers or maybe seven different answers, okay? This is prior to um, Nancy Pelosi coming out uh, announcing a formal impeachment inquiry, all right? So that causes too much confusion. Majority of House members now back some type of impeachment against uh, Trump. Democrats reached a milestone following claims Trump might have withheld aid to Ukraine to pressure officials there to investigate Joe Biden and his son, all right? Uh, this is from uh, September 25th, 2019, NBCNews.com. 219 House Democrats are and one independent. Okay, so we're at 220. We're at 220, okay? A majority of the chamber's 435 members now favor some kind of impeachment uh, action against Donald Trump, according to an NBC News tally. On Sunday... It was 134. Now it's 220. Trump is in a world of trouble. And see here, now here, here's what happens. So you have some people who say, well, they're not going to impeach him in the U.S. Senate. So this is a waste of time. No, it's not. That means you understand the Constitution. You understand politics. No, it's not a waste of time. Number one, if Trump not formally impeached, if they did not formally launch an impeachment inquiry, then in 2020, Trump would run and he would say, he would claim vindication and he would say, if I did anything wrong, why didn't Democrats impeach me? If I did anything wrong, wrong why, why did they not file articles of impeachment? Why did they not have a formal impeachment inquiry? I must not have done anything wrong. Two, 10 years, 15, 20 years from now, you can have a president that's worse than Trump, God forbid. You can have a president that's worse than Trump. When the House of Representatives tries to exercise oversight based upon their Article I powers, when they try to impeach the president based upon their Article II powers, that person will say, he or she, will say, well, wait a second. When Democrats had control of the House of Representatives, they didn't impeach Trump. Why are you trying to impeach me? All right? So... Say hypothetically, it the impeachment takes place, which is is, is going to happen. Impeachment does not mean removal removal from office. Go back and watch the broadcast I did on the twenty fourth when I broke down what an impeachment inquiry is and how it works. Things like this. Impeachment does not mean removal removal from office. It is a formal filing of charges against the president. Even if the trial is held in the U.S. Senate, if Mitch McConnell decides to hold a trial. It's possible, Senator Mitch McConnell, who's the Senate Majority Leader, it's possible that he could decide not to hold a trial. They will have hearings in the House of Representatives before it's turned over to the U.S. Senate. All this information is going to come out, just like with Watergate. See, people have to go back, and, and um, I don't have time to go through the whole history here. I dealt with that on September 24th, and I tied all this into the, the history of the Watergate hearings. Richard Nixon was reelected in November 1972. 
in a landslide reelection. Richard Nixon was was highly popular. Okay, he was he was a very popular president. Okay, not among African Americans, but he's popular with Sammy Davis and uh, James Brown. Wasn't popular with African Americans, of course. So most people were against uh, impeachment of Richard Nixon. What happened was what changed it were the Watergate hearings, because at the beginning of the Watergate hearings, uh, Nixon had something like about a sixty-five percent approval rating. Okay, how you doing, Craig? Uh, Nixon had about a sixty-five percent approval rating. By the end of the Watergate hearings, Nixon's approval rating was about 19 to 20 percent. He was forced to resign from office after he turned over the Nixon tapes because he uh, he lost that battle in the U.S. Supreme Court. It was Senate Republicans that went to Nixon and told him. We've seen the evidence against you. And if this goes to trial in the U.S. Senate, you're going to be found guilty. Nixon was forced to resign from office August 8th, 1974, after being reelected to a second term, after being a highly popular president, after the majority of Americans being against impeachment, not removal from office, just in, just an impeachment inquiry, impeachment hearing, anything like this. You ha if, you, if you understand history, you can predict the future. You have to study what happened with Watergate. Because all this stuff is repeating itself. All this history is repeating itself. I know I went and studied Watergate, so I already knew what was going to happen with Trump. I said in January of 2017 on Cliff Russell's show on 910 AM, the Superstation, WFDF in Detroit, 910 is the radio station I do my show on on Sunday nights, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m., the African History Network show. And I used to be on the morning show on Thursday mornings, uh, Wake Up with Steve Hood. I told Cliff, I said, Donald Trump is going to be forced to resign from office just as Richard Nixon was forced to resign from office. I said, Donald Trump is going to be impeached. At that time in January of 2017, Republicans controlled the House of Representatives, the U.S. Senate, and the presidency. I said, then Trump is going to be forced to resign from office. Now you have 220 members of the House of Representatives who support an impeachment, at least an impeachment inquiry of Donald Trump. Who knew? When you understand history, you can predict the future. I already told people what was gonna happen. All right, so let's go to, um, I'm trying to go to this one here. Where is this one here? Just the one I want from the New York Times. Okay, that deals with his uh, $1.4 trillion tax giveaway to uh, the wealthy. I had um, Okay. I may have to post that link later. There's one from New York Times because I, I I wasn't able to print up all of these. I just didn't have the time to print up all these articles. And I've got about 60 tabs open here. And uh, in uh, Firefox. Okay, so um, we'll go on to the uh, we'll go on to the news of today. Let's go on to this here. I'll try to post a link later. 
Let's look at the whistleblower. Okay, let's look at the um, let's look at the whistleblower information that came out today. Whistleblower whistleblower complaint says White House officials acted to lock down, quote unquote, lock down record of Trump Ukraine call. Okay, uh, this is from uh, NBC News. The director of national intelligence is testifying in an open hearing before Congress on Thursday. Uh, a whistleblower complaint about Donald Trump made public on Thursday says White House officials were so concerned about what Donald Trump said in a July 25th, 2019 call with Ukraine's president, Vladimir uh, Zelensky, and he, he's, he's the new president to Ukraine, that they intervened to quote unquote, lock down the transcript of the phone call. Now, he, see, here's, here's what's going on. You got all these people around Trump that know how incompetent he is. They know how incompetent he is. And, they, and, they, and they're going around just trying to keep the, the, the train on the track and just keep him from just blowing everything up, okay? They, un, they know how incompetent he is. They know he will incriminate himself. And they're just going around trying to hide documents, trying to just cover up the trail, et cetera. So the whistleblower, whose name has not yet been revealed, says he or she lodged the formal complaint because they believe that Trump was, quote, using the power of his office to solicit interference from a foreign country, end quote, in the 2020 election. Okay, the whistleblower uh, lost a formal complaint because he or she believed that Donald Trump was, quote, using the power of his office to solicit interference from a foreign country in, in the 2020 election. That is an impeachable offense. That is abuse of power. The three the uh, three articles of impeachment against Richard Nixon, the first three, I think there were more, but the first three, one was uh, obstruction, of, obstruction of justice. The second one was abuse of power. The third one was contempt of Congress. Okay, so in, in the call, Trump discussed uh, having Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky help investigate the Biden's family's uh, business dealings, as, as we've talked about. Uh, quote, the interference includes, among other things, pressuring a foreign country to investigate one of the president's main domestic political rivals, the whistleblower continued. The president's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, is a central figure in this effort. Attorney General William Barr appears to be involved as well. Okay, now William Barr needs to recuse himself from any Department of Justice investigations into this. He needs to recuse himself immediately. The complaint which uh, was made public with minimal red actions makes clear there are witnesses who can back up, there makes clear there are witnesses who can back up um, the complaint which uh, was made public with minimal red actions makes clear there are witnesses who can back up the account and it indicates concern over the internal handling of the White House record of the call. This is gonna be, uh, there's gonna be some people that resign behind this. The whistleblower says White House officials told them 
the conversation on July 25th, 2019, between Donald Trump and, and uh, Ukrainian President Zelensky was removed, removed from the computer system that is typically used for such records of calls with foreign leaders. Now, there were dozens of people who went to prison uh, surrounding the cover-up during Watergate. Keep in mind, Richard Nixon got a pardon from Gerald Ford, all right? The other thing is, when you go study Watergate, that's why, that's why be sure to go watch the broadcast I did on, February, on um, uh, September 24th, where I broke all this stuff down and I dealt with the history, I dealt with the Watergate history and how history is repeating itself. Um, Richard Nixon's first president was not Gerald Ford. That was his second president. His first president was Spiro T. Agnew. Spiro T. Agnew was forced to resign from office eight months before Richard Nixon resigned from office. Why? Because Spiro T. Agnew was hit with tax evasion charges and corruption charges. So a, uh, a vice president also can be impeached, just like a uh, judge can be impeached and a U.S. Supreme Court judge, i.e. Brett Kavanaugh, can be impeached as well. And because of Richard Nixon owing an additional something like $450,000 in taxes after it was investigated. And because of Spiro T. Agnew being hit with tax evasion charges, because of that is mandatory now, it's in IRS uh, tax manual, is mandatory now that all sitting presidents and sitting vice presidents, their tax returns automatically get audited by the IRS. That goes back to Nixon. Okay, so when Nixon talks about uh, I am not a crook, that wasn't in reference to the Watergate investigation. That was, invest that was in reference to his taxes. And then um, Donald Trump has not released his tax returns. Hello? This stuff is deep, but you have to understand history to understand this. So... The whistleblower says White House officials told them the conversation on July 25th between Trump and Zelensky was removed from the computer system that is typically used for such records of calls with foreign leaders. Instead, the whistleblower writes, the transcript was loaded into a separate electronic system that is used only for information that is on an, quote, especially sensitive nature, end quote. One White House official described that as an abuse of the secure system because there was nothing, quote unquote, remotely sensitive from a national security perspective, the white, uh, the whistleblower said. The nine page complaints includes, the nine page uh, uh, complaint includes inform, inside information from, uh, from White House and other administration officials in addition to pre previously published stories in the media. The whistleblower said the actions described within the complaint pose, quote, risks to national security and undermine efforts to counter foreign interference, pose risks to national security and undermine efforts to counter foreign interference. Could it possibly be foreign interference in an election like the 2020 election is this what 
is this what these actions were undermining? All right, so check that out also. Um, let's see. I'll be in Houston, Texas for the All Black National Convention with Dr. Boyce Watkins and uh, George Frazier and Jade Arendelle and Vicki Dillard and the lovely ladies of Fly Nubian Queen. Uh, September 20, so Friday, September 27th through Sunday, September 29th, Houston, Texas. I am on the panel Sunday morning, 9.45 a.m., dealing with power and politics and the African-American community. Um, so visit allblacknationalconvention.com, allblacknationalconvention.com for more information and to get tickets. Also, they have it, they, they have a, a package uh, for live streaming. So if you can't make it, they want to live stream the um, all the presentations and things like this. Um, and they so check that out because I think they have a special deal for that also. Uh, AllBlackNationalConvention.com for that. If you like this type of information, uh, you can visit our website, order my DVD lectures there. Also, you can donate to the African History Network, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show, paypal.me forward slash AHN show. Okay. And uh, that helps us to keep doing the research, pay the bills, um, finance my Sunday night show, the, uh, the, the African History Network show on Sundays, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Helps uh, cover expenses when I have to travel out of state and, and pay for travel. PayPal.me forward slash the AHN show, okay? Or at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. And um, so if you want to donate $15, $25, $50, $100, what, what have you, that definitely helps. You can also set up for a recurring monthly donation if you if you want to also, all right? Um, so yeah, I'm on the panel discussion, Power and Politics in the Black Community. Uh, that's uh, Sunday at 9.45 a.m. at the All Black National Convention. Now, October the weekend of October 12th, uh, Columbus Day weekend, I will be in Oakland, California with Michi X, okay? And uh, this is the uh, Black Agenda Tour. So uh, visit um, uh, the Black Agenda on Tour.com, the Black Agenda on Tour.com. And uh, they have a new website also. I think it's the Black Agenda Movement.com or something like that. But uh, the Black Agenda, uh, Black Agenda on Tour.com. You can get tickets there, get more information. And um, I do a presentation on the tour Six Principles of Political Self Defense how laws and policies um, impact, how laws and policies impact the economic conditions of African-Americans. And then also I'm on the uh, panel discussion as well. Uh, Hidden Colors 5 is available at our website, africanhistorynetwork.com. Hidden Colors 5 from uh, Director Tariq Nasheed. For each copy of Hidden Colors 5 you purchase, you'll get uh, three of my digital downloads uh, free with it, including six principles of political self-defense. That is the uh, presentation I did Sunday, July 21st, 2019 at the Black Homeschooling Conference in Atlanta. All right. All right, let's see uh, what we have here. Okay, Martel, Dylan, Dorothy. All right, just a few of the people watching here.
Okay, so check all this stuff out. This is a very fluid story. All this, all, all this is happening with the uh, Trump, the impeachment inquiry, the whistleblower. All this is moving extremely quickly. The, the White House, the White House staff, they are bewildered. I'm telling you, they are, they are bewildered. They thought they escaped uh, the Mueller report. This blows up. It brings the, it brings the Mueller report back into uh, the news and focus again. And Trump is in the world of trouble. All right. Trump is in the world of trouble. Uh, for African-Americans, we need to be focused on understanding how laws and politics impacts every aspect of our lives. Also putting together a comprehensive uh, African-American agenda to present to the candidates, not just presidential candidates, but candidates for U.S. House of Representatives. All 435 seats in the U.S. House of Representatives are up for re-election in 2020. There are a number of seats up for re-election in 2020 in the U.S. Senate as well. Unfortunately, most of us don't understand the importance of Congress because Congress is a co-equal branch of government. The U.S. Senate confirmed cabinet members. They confirmed the, the, uh, uh, the director of HUD, the secretary of HUD, secretary of education, the attorney general. And, but they also confirm uh, U.S. Supreme Court justices and federal judges. So because uh, Senator Mitch McConnell, Senate Majority Leader, blocked uh, nominations from President Obama, not just for the Supreme Court, but also for, for federal judges. There were about 103 vacancies on the federal bench when Trump uh, became president through the Electoral College, and we don't understand the Electoral College either, um, when he took the oath of office January 20th, 2017. So Trump has confirmed about, Trump has gotten confirmed through the Republican-dominated uh, U.S. Senate about 150 federal judges, and these are lifetime appointments. He, he's, he's, he's nominated uh, about one-fifth uh, of the federal judges. And what they're focused on doing, what Republicans are focused on doing, is changing the landscape of the federal bench and controlling that for the next 25, 30, 35 years because they know by 2043 that there will be no majority uh, race in this country uh, numerically. So they know that by 2043 that uh, non-white people will be uh, 50%, at least 50% of the U.S. population. So they're focused on controlling the federal courts, okay, for the next 25, 30, 35 years, making life, the, uh, and, and um, so they can push their agendas. When you look at who Trump is nominating, he's getting these names from lists that have come from the Heritage Foundation and the Federalist Society of uh, federal judges. And he's nominating very young, ultra-conservative white males for the most part. And the majority of them are totally unqualified to be federal judges. He's nominating people 35, 40 years old. So since this is a lifetime appointment, they can be on the federal bench for the next 40, 30, for the next 30, 35, 40 years. Okay? So this is, this is the game that they're playing. Unfortunately, many of us don't understand this because we don't study politics. All right. So, okay, so hey, look, we have to get out of here. Uh, remember at the African History Network, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world because right now it corrects wrong behavior. Um, visit 
Uh, follow us on Facebook at the African History Network, the African History Network on Facebook. Turn on notifications so you know when we go live. Follow us on our uh, YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P, on YouTube as well. Uh, read the U.S. Constitution. Go to loc.gov and archives.gov and read the Constitution. Um, read articles at Washington Post, New York Times, uh, NBC News, ABC. With NBC News and ABC, those articles are free. With Washington Post and New York Times, after uh, they allow you, I think, maybe just four articles per month, then you have to pay. Uh, with Washington Post, it's $10 a month for a digital, digital subscription. New York Times is $15 a month. With digital subscription, I know because I have digital subscriptions to both the Washington Post and New York Times because I, I read them every day. Okay. Uh, and I monitor about 35 different news sources on a daily basis as well. So when you follow us at our Facebook fan page, the African History Network, you see articles from a number of different news sources, including face-to-faceafrica.com, face-to-faceafrica.com, and also howafrica.com as well, because I read uh, African news uh, websites also. All right. Well, look, hey, we have to get out of here. Um, also register for the uh, online course that I teach on Thursdays, Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade, where they didn't teach you in school. Uh, we do a thousands of years of history. I do a PowerPoint presentation. We have article references, book references. Uh, it meets Thursdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, each session we do live, but they're all recorded, so you can go back and watch them over and over again. Okay, so as soon as you register, you can watch classes one through five. Um, this uh, this go around of the class, this section of the class or cohort is going to be nine sections, and we'll do um, at least eighteen hours, about about eighteen hours or so. Uh, you can watch from around the world. We deal with thousands of years of history, and we deal with. Um, what leads to the transatlantic slave trade happening? What leads to the transatlantic slave trade happening? You know, we, we have to understand this chronologically and understand that the trans, transatlantic slave trade um, did not, it, it was not an isolated event. It wasn't just something that fell out of the sky. It was the culmination of a sequence of historical events that lead to a larger event taking place, okay? And you have to understand the 800 year occupation of Europe by the Africans known as the Moors, you have to understand the uh, ancient Kemet, ancient Egypt, um, and also the, the Moors are taking the teachings from ancient Kemet into Europe. And this, bring, this is gonna bring Europe out of the dark ages, but it is, and this is gonna lead to the transatlantic slave trade happening also, okay? And when you understand uh, a chronology of history, you'll see that the transatlantic slave trade was really Europeans getting revenge on Africans for what took place uh, in Europe, all right? And we saw that the uh, Africans were also intermixing into the European population and to varying extents changing the complexion of Europeans, especially in Spain and Portugal, because Spain and Portugal are right above Morocco, and the Moors are largely going in through Morocco into Spain and Portugal. Spain and Portugal, but they go all around the world. And this is, you know, we um, saw images of, you, you still see statues, images of the Black Madonna and Child still worship all throughout Europe, okay, to this day. Europeans used to worship the African woman. Um, and, you know, so did we, for that matter. What happened? 
Uh, some of us still do, but not enough. All right. So that's ancient Kemet, the Moors and the Ma'afa understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. Okay. That's a uh, online course that I teach. And this, I would say it's PG 13. So if you want to use that for your children, 13 years and up, I would say it's suitable. I don't, it's not vulgar and I don't do a lot of cursing and things like that. But um, because we have to deal with the transatlantic slave trade, you know, we have to deal with uh, some atrocities also. Okay. All right. All right. Hey, we have to get out of here. Remember at the African History Network, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world. Because right now it's corrects wrong behavior. What you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself. What you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard, and seen about yourself. So when you control the radius of a man's thoughts, you can control the circumference of his actions because the mind can't do or teach what it doesn't know. Remember, right now it's corrects wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. We're kind of forever. We'll talk to you next time. Peace. All right, everybody, have a good day. Talk to you all next time.